Hello? Hello. This is Your Career is Calling on 1077 The Bronx. Wanda Ellett of G45 Consulting and her panel of guests are ready to give you some insight on growing your business and finding, furthering, and navigating your career. It's never too late to grow into your best self. Your Career is Calling is underwritten in part by G45 Consulting, Burjohn Mediation, Harwell Express Press, Career Development and Success at Rider University, and Rider University. Rider offers continuing studies programs for adults who need flexibility. Want to add new skills to your resume? Take a continuing studies course at Rider University. Let's pick up the line with Wanda Ellett with Your Career is Calling, only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. Good morning. You are listening to Your Career is Calling. This is Wanda Ellett at Ryder University's radio station, 1077 The Bronx, and online at 1077thebronc.com. Proudly nominated for our National Association of Broadcasters 2019 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. We are broadcasting in the Bronx all-new digital broadcast studio, and Your Career is Calling is the first radio show of its kind, helping both students and seasoned professionals to manage their careers as a business. The CEO of Me, Inc. And behind the glass today, producing our show is Ryder University's intern, Eileen W. Yay, Eileen. And today I have a very prestigious guest. I'm excited to hear more of his story and to share your, his story with you. Uh, I have Mitch Khan. He's the founder, um, president of Unionware. Welcome, Mitch. Hi, Wanda. How are you? Good. How are you? Very good. Thank you for taking all this time with me today. I'm really excited about it. Um, As am I. So if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, you know, I've been doing the show for about eight years and, uh, you know, we started out with the traditional topics of, you know, resumes, interviews, networking, you know, all that traditional stuff. And then a couple of years ago, we felt that uh, it was it was interesting to be, you know, provide inspiration to people uh, with stories and to hear their stories of what was your biggest career lesson? What was your biggest career obstacle? Uh, last year was what's your superpower and how do you share that gift with the world? And this year we're focusing on how are you, you know, bringing your best self, like being your best self and what are you doing to level up this year to be your best self? And um, I'm gonna share a little bit more about Mitch's background and his career and then we're gonna get into it, like to see what he's doing this year to level up. And he's, it's just really a phenomenal story. So he is the president of Unionware and uh, he started in 1992 with six uh, sewers and um, a contract to make baseball hats for Ralph Lauren. And now Unionware is one of the largest private employers of Newark residents with 175 employees and contracts to manufacture baseball hats and uniform headwear, medical bags, backpacks, binders, portfolios for every branch of the armed services, every presidential candidate for decades, domestic manufacturers like Budweiser and Chrysler, and fashion brands such as Vineyard Vines and Supreme. Unionware won the SEAMS, Domestic Textile Association's inaugural reshoring award for bringing textile jobs back to America in 2019 and was named to Fortune Magazine's inner city 100 list. Mitch has received the New Jersey Manufacturing Lifetime Achievement Award from the NJBIA and was just named to NJ. Uh, New Jersey Biz Magazine's 100 Most Powerful Business People in New Jersey and 10 Most Powerful People in New Jersey Manufacturing. 
He's been named uh, an industry scholar at Rutgers Business School and is on the board of Newark Regional Business Partnership, New Jersey Manufacturing Extension Partnership, and the Newark Workforce Development Board, where he has served as chairman. Mitch is a frequent panelist, pod guest, podcast guest, and guest lecturer on topics including fair labor, lean manufacturing, cloud mobile, ERP, co-branding with Made in USA, and has appeared on TV shows ranging from The Profit to The Daily Show, and today to Your Career is Calling. <laughs> so thank you very much. And um, I, like I said, I'm very excited to have you join us today. And um, if you would, you know, if you want to go back in time, like how did you get started? Sure. Um, so I was 25 years old. Um, I had worked on Wall Street for a couple of years to working in mergers and acquisitions for Bear Stearns. Before that, I went to the Wharton Business School undergraduate program. Um, and uh, I thought I wanted to be in finance. And when I was working in finance, I realized I do not want to be in finance. I want to be the <laughs> client. <laughs> I want to make stuff. I want to own a business. And I left Wall Street and just started looking for ideas of, of uh, how and where to start a business. And um, I heard about a baseball hat factory in Jersey City, New Jersey, from my father, who was one of their clients. And he said that they were having trouble producing baseball hats and were probably going to go out of business. And they had asked the company that he was affiliated with to buy them. And he knew I had a background. And he said, why don't you go and just do some research and see if this company is worth buying? And I spent about a week and a half there. And I called him up and I said, do not buy this company. Uh, this yeah. company is, yes, this company cannot keep the lights on. They're very poorly run. They're going to run out of money really soon. They're going to take your money and lose all of it. And then I went off and, and uh, took uh, about six months and just went camping around the United States. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just figured out, what am I going to do? I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just, um, you know, I, I, I tried just kind of trying to come up with an idea of what I was going to do next. And then about six months later, my father called and said, hey, that company did go out of business. Um, however, I was reading that they're having an auction sale of their equipment. And if you were to run that business, do you think that you could make something out of it? And I said, hmm, it's a baseball hat factory. I have no experience in baseball hats. Let me do a little research. So I spent about a month, which I had enough about a month before the auction sale, researching what I could do with the baseball hats. This is 1992, and it was a different world back then, especially yeah, yeah. for baseball hats. Like you would yeah. not think this now, but in 1992, you couldn't no, go no. into the Gap or Macy's and buy a baseball hat. It was like a, it was like buying a baseball glove. It was a sporting good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it took a few people around the early 90s for anyone who's listening that was alive then and remembers this. Like Snoop Dogg started wearing a hat with a pot yeah. leaf on it. And uh, um, Spike uh, Lee came out with a movie about Malcolm X. So there were hats with X's on it. And yep. it was the first Batman movie and people wearing hats with a bat on it. And that was the first summer that people were wearing hats that didn't have a sports logo on it. And I said, well, what if we just took hats and sold it to the fashion business? There's no hats yet with like a Ralph Lauren logo on it or an IZOD logo on it. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna try this because it's an auction sale. I can buy this stuff for nothing. And if I fail, I'm out nothing and i'll start something different but if i succeed this could be something really good so i bought the equipment i went to an auction sale i i bid on the stuff that i wanted i hired the people that used to work at that factory who i contacted through their labor union oh and, wow um and i knew, still knew nothing about making baseball hats but they knew how to make them and then i started calling fashion companies i had first i started calling the the customers of that company that had closed 
and they'd been closed for a while. So they lost most of them, but they had enough to get things started. And then I just started calling Nordstrom's, Neiman Marcus, Izod. Now, were you able, and- I guess you were able to get some of their, their, their contacts information because, yeah. and the other thing is too, back then it would be easier to get than it would be today. You know what I mean? If you were doing that, you know, well, yes and no, like, there's no internet yet. So yeah. um, I couldn't really do research on anything. I had to do yeah. research in a library. I remember yeah, yeah. Pretending- with a card. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, so I bought the file cabinets filled with records. That's how I found out who they were doing business wow. with. And I was literally going through the, the folders and, um, so I, I ended up being very lucky and getting these sales closed quickly. And very quickly, we picked up some big name clients who loved the idea of making baseball hats for their fashion brands. Yeah, because and- I remember when those came out, like with Ralph Lauren and stuff like some of the early, like, um, I forget what the other one, there was another one that was a hot brand. There were brands were- like Stussy at yeah. that time. I, they were not one of our clients, but that, that was that time that just baseball had brands started coming out. Um, and even and- women, like things were coming out for women, like to wear, yeah. like with the baseball jackets and stuff, like the, the shiny baseball jackets. Yes. So, yeah, so, so we, so we got all these, we, we got clients. um, And one other thing that was very fortunate uh, was that a lot of these brands started for the first time having their own stores in outlet centers. That was new also in 1992. So in the 80s, brands like Ralph Lauren would sell to department stores. But here they had their own stores and they couldn't sell anything in their stores that they were selling to the department stores because then they'd be competing with their clients. So they said, oh, baseball hats are perfect. We're not selling those to anybody yet. So they just started selling tons of baseball hats through the centers. So did a lot of other brands. And then two years later, all of those clients went overseas and had their stuff manufactured in Asia. Um, And we, it was, it happened really quickly. Like in 1992, we were not thinking that this was going to happen. It wasn't even on our radar that that could happen. And then very quickly, um, China basically took over the baseball hat business. And Ugh. that's when we transitioned our business to make hats out of hemp, which was way too early because hemp didn't yeah. become popular until like, you know, five or 10 years ago, but this is 1994. And uh, we said, all right, I've got all these, at that point I had about 35 people working for me and I had a factory and I had no clients. And wow. I found out about hemp fabric and I said, let's make hats out of Yeah, hemp. and I remember that because like, I like to look at trends and I always like to, like, I've always looked at trends. I've always tried to look at like, even for the manufacturing area, like different things and products. So I remember when hemp came out and, you know, and, and some people were like, you know, making jokes about it because it's hemp and you know what I mean? But it was like that industry was just like, it was, it was like, not to be you know, but it was like a niche in, in daddy's pants. You know what I mean? It was, it was, like, it was such it was a, a baby, industry. baby. It was like a yeah. thought, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it was, it was just like an infancy. It was like beyond, like really like in the womb. <laughs> yes. And it sputtered out four or five years later. And then yeah. again, we had to transition our business. And when we started the business, there were still about a, about a thousand baseball hat factories in the United States. Wow. Um, and by 10 years later, there were like a couple of dozen. Everyone had closed really? or, moved, or moved their manufacturing to China um, or Vietnam. But really, China was was where yeah, the, the factories moved. And then we, when we needed to transition to a new market, 
name of our business was Headcase Hemp Hats through the oh, 90s. Wow. And then by the end of the 90s, we realized the, the people who were really buying our hats were labor unions because yeah. they were the one type of client that A, bought a lot of hats. You can visualize yeah. you know, a strike or a truck driver wearing a Teamsters local 237 hat, yeah. something yeah. like that. So they bought a lot of hats and they were the last type of client that was going to buy something that said made in China. And we happened to be a union shop and we were the only union shop. All the other union shops had closed. So we changed our name to Unionwear. And that's how wow. Unionwear was kind of born. So Unionwear was really created about six or seven years into our company's life. And then the next 10 years were all about building that made in USA business. So who else can we sell to? We got into the political market uh, when uh, we did the Al Gore campaign hats. Before 2000, the campaigns didn't sell merchandise. They didn't have stores. And and e-commerce was not ready for prime time yet. Um, So in 2000, they could sell products online and and have them shipped. And they chose our hat to raise money for the Al Gore campaign. And we did hundreds of thousands of units. And to this day, we're still very heavily involved in political campaigns. Um, and we got into the military business. We got into manufacturing bags. We got into manufacturing port, uh, binders and portfolios. We moved to Newark in 2001. Um, and we got into, we started uh, getting very involved in lean manufacturing and in technology as a way to, to remain competitive while manufacturing in America. Um, and then the market started to grow when, when, when the U.S. economy sputtered about 10 years ago in the recession. China's economy was not having that same difficulty. Prices in China went up. Our prices stayed the same. So we started to become a little more competitive with China. And that's when we got into making hats for other types of fashion brands and manufacturers like Chrysler and Budweiser. Um, wow. And, uh, and then kind of bring us to uh, the you know, present day. Um, where last year we were ready. It was going to be our biggest year ever when the pandemic hit. We were doing the yeah. election. 17 candidates we had as clients. Um, wow. The Olympics, the census, and it all came crashing down in March. Um, and uh, that's when we decided that we were going <laughs> to switch gears really quickly and start making face shields and gowns and masks. Wow. And I hate to do this, but we got to go to break. And, and that's like, I guess, the perfect, uh, stopping point. This has just been very exciting to hear. Um, you are listening to Your Career is Calling. This is Wanda Ellett with the amazing, uh, wonderful you know, founder of Unionware, Mitch Kahn. And we are in the Bronx, all new digital broadcast studio at Ryder University's radio station, 1077 The Bronx, and online at 1077thebronc.com. And in this first segment, he's been sharing some great insight into uh into the the backstory for his business union where how we got the name so many exciting little things you know and uh we'll be back and we'll start talking more about like what you what what he did what he's doing this year to level up um after uh the time with the pandemic we'll be right back after a short break this is your career is calling on 1077 the Bronx. wanda elliott from g45 consulting along with her panel of guests are here to share their tips and tricks for growing your business and finding furthering and navigating your career your career is calling is underwritten in part by g45 consulting burjohn mediation harwell express press career development and success at rider university and rider university Apply to Ryder now and keep moving forward at rider.edu slash next step. 
we're back. This is Wanda Ellett in the Bronx, all new digital broadcast studio at Ryder University's radio station, 1077 The Bronx, and online at 1077thebronx.com. And I'm here with the amazing, very intriguing, very interesting Mitch Khan, the founder of Unionware. And he has been sharing some great insight. In the first uh, part of the show, we talked about a little bit of the backstory. And, it, you know, uh, now we're going to get into what he's doing to level up this year what happened during the pandemic and um and we're going to take through that but it, it's just been an exciting conversation and uh let's get back into it so when we left off you know you were talking about present day like and 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 it's it's heartbreaking and scary and wild to think like everything can change in an instant um so here you know you're at beginning of march like I, you know, and, and everybody was like saying the same thing. It was it was slated to be my best year too in business, and then the pandemic hit, and it was like, what do you what do you mean? Like so so what happened? Like did you have to shut production or like what was going on? So we we had to stop production on virtually everything that we were working on, and we had at that point about 175 employees, wow. and. We're not really set up to carry 175 employees where we have no business coming in for an extended period of time. So I just snapped into crisis mode and uh, met with my team. And I also <laughs> met with regularly, almost daily with a group of CEOs. Um, we're in a peer group together called Vistage and we support each other regularly. Oh, and it's fantastic. It's 15 different CEOs um, in all different industries. Um, and um, we, what were they saying? What's that? What were they saying? Like, what were they like, oh, you know? So, I mean, nobody knew what was going to happen. This is, this is yeah. March. People didn't know if it was going to spread. People didn't know if it was, even if it was going um, to come to America, people thought that uh, the, the germs were still passed on surfaces. You know, there are a whole bunch of yeah. things and I did not want to shut down. And I also knew that there had to be some way that we could help. Um, and my first call was to the, the international director of our labor union, uh, because I knew that about 10 years ago, they had affiliated with the healthcare workers union that represents all the hospital workers in New York. And I was wow. reading in the news that they had no PPE. And I yeah. said, hey, look, you know what we do here. We have people here. We can make stuff. I think there's something that we can make for these hospital workers. And he said, I bet there is. And he got me on the phone with the hospital association director for New York. And he knew exactly what we could make for them, which was face shields and gowns. Yeah. And we, I didn't, I never made either one of those things before. I didn't even know what a face shield was. And he sent me pictures and I said, oh, we can make that. That's the clear plastic that we use in all the binders that we make. Yeah. And that's the foam that we use in our backpack straps. And that's the headband that we use in our baseball hats. We have everything oh, here. Oh, wow. So you had all we the materials. Had, we had all the materials. We started making different wow. samples and messengering them into the city. And we eventually ended up on a style that they would approve. And we made hundreds of thousands of them for the hospitals wow. in New York City. And we got, out, we, we got into the gown business about a week later. And we really didn't miss a beat. Um, now, we had, to, we had to shrink our workforce because we could only have a certain number of people working at a time. Um, so we, you know, we, we shrunk our workforce from March through June, which by the way, it was, it was much more difficult to get people to come to work and nobody wanted to come to work. Everyone wanted to, everyone stay home and collect unemployment and I don't blame them. Um, so while we could have employed about 
60 of our 180 80 people. We had about 30 in the first month and we got up to 60. And then by June, we got back up to about 100. Um, and then by July and August, we had got, we, we'd gone through it. The PPE started coming in from Asia again, inexpensively. Yeah. And it was difficult for us to compete. And at that time, we got back into the election business. Um, and we started making all the gear for the Biden campaign. And they, no, they really moved a lot of gear. So that, that carried us through the, the rest of the year. Uh, but I mean, yeah, there's so many like lessons that for that. Those, there's so, yeah, there's just so much because it was just like, you know, kudos to you for having that wherewithal to, to pivot, you know? I guess there's a phrase going on now, the pandemic pivot, you know? Yeah. Um, and I remember like during that time with PPE, I was sourcing some of the PPE for some of the hospitals and it was disgusting. It was just the, the gluttony, the dirt. It was a dirty, dirty business. Mm -hmm. It was just disgusting what people were doing and what they were trying to rape hospitals for. I have family that are, are healthcare mm -hmm. workers and to hear like it was breaking my heart. It was breaking my heart talking to people across the board, you know, like talking to my family that was, you know, they had to reuse masks and reuse equipment and it was just like beyond the shift and I would think like back to my mother you know when she was in the hospital and sometimes we have to wear gowns it's meant for a disposable use like one time like to visit a patient and here was my cousin with the you know like a mask that was all for multiple shifts you know and and I think the worst was with the cadaver but like I was talking to one yeah. um one hospital uh uh procurement manager and we were having problems sourcing procure, uh, the, the, the cadaver bags. And just the thought that that's, you know, like they were going through, they couldn't even anticipate the level of, of people. At that. We, were, we just sat on the phone and cried. And, mm -hmm. um, and then it was, we got to pull back together and, and see what we can do, you know? So kudos to you and for helping out through that. And, you know, and I'm sure, you know, you were being competitive and, and just really supportive through that. So thank you you know, for your service through that. Well, you're, you're welcome. And I mean, it was really just about survival at that point. And it still is. I mean, we're, our main business has not returned. If you look at our, what our main business was before the pandemic, they're fashion, like people are not buying new clothes yet. And then right. event, the, the most of the merchandise we do is for events, giveaways for events. And there are no events yet. So we've had to pivot yet again. And we're really focused on supporting all levels and all branches of the government right now. And the government is buying a lot of goods. We're making masks for the federal government. We're doing all sorts of bags for the for all branches of the military, headwear for all branches of the military. Um, and it's, it's carrying us. Um, mm -hmm. And we do believe there's going to be a resurgence in the economy by the end of the year and that things will be back to normal by then. But I mean, we really did learn a lot of lessons this year about pivoting, about looking for opportunity, about where opportunities come from and, um, and about just how to, how to sell into new markets, which we've had to do like every three or four months uh, after being able to, to spend, have the luxury of selling into the same markets for 10 years. You get comfortable, you get yeah. comfortable. Yep, you know? now People nobody's comfortable. Everyone said, where, you know, where's the next dollar from coming from? We're gonna go get it. And, and kudos to you for having, you know, because some people, it was just, you know, um, then the water and not even being innovative, not even trying to think about like, what can I do? And, you know, uh, you know, kudos to you. Now, how is your workforce been? Has it like a lot of it, have you been able to return a lot yeah, of your people? We're, we're, we're fully back. 
Um, we probably have about 30 people who are promised that they will be coming back at the end of the school year. Newark schools just opened last week. So wow. we have a lot of employees with two or three kids in their you know five to 10 range taking class from home. They can't leave them home alone and they were not planning on this. So we'll probably get the last 30 people back in about a month or two. Um, but the workforce has been great. They've been very serious about keeping things clean. We've had a very low incidence of coronavirus in the factory. We made all of our own PPE, all of our own desk shields. Wow. Um, you know, we really, because we, we were open the whole time and most companies were not. So we had to, we had to go overboard. We didn't know what was going to work and what wasn't going to work. Um, and I think one of the, one of the principles that, that helped us through this whole thing is part of lean manufacturing is, um, that you, you, uh, run your factory on a principle of continuous improvement, which means that you're never done tinkering with making things better. And that's really designed for processes in manufacturing, but we've taken it to a new level like zoom, you know, how do we make zoom? What, how is the next Zoom meeting going to be better than the last one? How is my home office going to be more productive than it was yesterday? Um, how are we going to communicate when we don't know who's coming into the office and who's not coming into the office, but we need to assume that we're going to have to deal with everybody on a daily basis? So these are all things that everyone at Unionware just thinks, okay, tomorrow's going to be just, we're going to keep making things better than today. And if we have to change something, that's good. Because we're going to be able to change better than any other company in our industry. Like we really truly believe that anything chaotic is going to be good for us. Anything yeah. you hear, if you hear something that's bad for all businesses, we believe that's good for Unionware because we will be able to respond better than any other business in our industry. Wow. And that's a great mantra and that's a great attitude to have with everybody and to have that from the top down and, and having people buy in and, and really thinking like, how can I do better? I think is powerful. And that's really, you know, when, when we get back, I'll, I'll share. Yeah. We had to wrap it up. Um, you know, how I came up with the, the thoughts for this year's show. And, and, and it seems that that's into your company as well. Um, we got to take a break. Our lead's giving us our cue. You are listening to Your Career's Calling. This is Wanda Ellett with the really amazing and wonderful Mitch Khan. And he is the founder of Unionware. We are in the Bronx, all new digital broadcast studio at Ryder University's in, uh, radio station, 1077 The Bronx, and online at 1077thebronx.com. And he has been sharing some great insight into um, how Unionware navigated through the pandemic and what they're doing to level up and, and be their best selves. And we'll be right back after a short break. This is Your Career is Calling on 1077 The Bronx. Wanda Elliott from G45 Consulting, along with her panel of guests, are here to share their tips and tricks for growing your business and finding, furthering, and navigating your career. Your Career is Calling is underwritten in part by G45 Consulting, Burjohn Mediation, Harwell Express Press, Career Development and Success at Rider University, and Rider University. Apply to Rider now and keep moving forward at rider.edu slash next step. And we're back. This is Wanda Ellett in the Bronx all new digital broadcast studio at Rider University's radio station 1077 The Bronx and online at 1077.bronc.com. 
And I am here with the, just this truly fascinating and intriguing Mitch Kahn. And he is the founder of Unionware. And he's been sharing some great insight into uh, the backstory and what happened, what was happening at Unionware all through this pandemic and what they're doing to level up this year in 2021. And before we continue our conversation, we have our producer, Aline Del Rio, with her segment, Finding Your Future. Adulting, going to work, choosing a career. Sounds difficult, right? Well, not anymore. Your Career is Calling presents Finding Your Future. Our producer will clear up career confusion each week and shine a light on available job listings, including how to apply and get in contact with featured employers. Get the latest tips on how you can better your career path with Finding Your Future. Underwritten in part by Career Development and Success at Rider University. For information online, it's rider.edu forward slash careers. Now, here's our producer with this week's segment of Finding Your Future. Basis Charter Schools are currently hiring an art drama teacher in the Tucson metro area in Tucson, Arizona. Basis Charter Schools embrace subject expertise and passion in the classroom. All of their schools use the acclaimed Basis Charter School curriculum. At the same time, their teachers are given the academic freedom to teach in the manner that suits them. In this role, you will prepare one subject-focused lesson for the grades you teach rather than four or five different lessons every day. This allows you to go deeper in your subject instruction, bring more creativity to your classroom, and develop richer lessons that intrigue your students and ignite their interests. All education majors are welcome to apply if they have a 3.0 minimum GPA. For more information, visit Rider's Handshake website. This has been Eileen Del Rio with this week's edition of Finding Your Future. That's a wrap for this week's segment of Finding Your Future. Our producer will be back next week with more available job listings and tips for your career. Finding Your Future is underwritten in part by Career Development and Success at Rider University. For information online, it's rider.edu forward slash careers. See you next Sunday for Finding Your Future exclusively on Your Career is Calling on 107.7 The Bronx. As always, an excellent job, I mean. Always, always, always excellent. So, Mitch, we've covered a lot of ground. We started to go through the backstory of how you started the company. And, you know, some we went through some of the, the ebbs and flows and, you know, product changes and how you got your name. So many different things. And then we started to talk a little bit about the pandemic and, and you know, what how you were able to do a, a little bit of a pivot in, in production, really focusing on PPE and, you know, keeping the safety of your people, at, you know, in the forefront and, you know, really trying to maintain production and, and just driving and thriving in the company. Um, I shared, too, before we went to break, um, how I came up with the topic of this year of being your best self is when my mom, uh, before she passed, there was one doctor that, and she was always, she had multiple uh, health issues. And one doctor that was uh, on her, like taking care of her in the rotation was like, you know, I wanna work to see uh, your mom be her best self. And, you know, I, I, was, I was really inspired by that. And I really took it to heart, you know, to think, you know, beyond that, like, what, what are we doing each day to be our best selves? And, um, and that's how, how we came to that. And for your company, we started to talk a little bit about dur during the break, what would you say, you know, cause it was exciting to hear like the backstory and like what was going on in your company, how people were really buying into this, you know, we're facing challenges together as a team. And they really rose to the occasion to work together to, to face those challenges. We're gonna, we're gonna eat it for lunch. 
you know, give us a challenge. We're going to make it better. You know? So what did you learn? What, 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 what are some of the biggest lessons that you learned? So I think that the most unexpected lesson came about a month into the pandemic when uh, our general manager and our production manager and, and manufacturing director and finance director kind of got together and, and we got on the phone and said, you know, you've been running this business for about 30 years. And quite honestly, this place runs a little better without you working in the facility. <laughs> um, when you're not here, everyone steps up and takes more responsibility. And, you know, each of the people in the management roles, they're better in their jobs than I am in their jobs. And they're able to do what, what they've been trained to do. So I said, oh, it's going to be a little weird not coming to work every day, but let's set up a system so that the company is better uh, with me working remotely than it is with for, uh, me working there. So we basically we really bought into Slack we bought into Zoom, and then we set up daily meetings. Uh, with I was meeting with everyone for five to fifteen minutes per day, where they would update me on what's going on. And we set up a system where I could monitor metrics: how many hats are we producing each day? How many we, how many hits is our website getting each day? You know what? How what's the cash flow like? And I can monitor that from a dashboard from my home. I go in when I need to go in, but the business really is running a lot more smoothly. It's not running by the seat of my pants anymore. And it's enabled me to focus on the future and figure out where are we going to be? Where's our, where's our business going to be heading in 2022 and 2023? How do we grow? What do we need to scale to get there? It's also given me time to really work on being my best self, as you yeah. said. Um, and I, you know, not having to commute to work gives you a lot of free time. I started meditating. <laughs> I started playing tennis. I started doing a whole bunch of different things. And I'm in general, just a lot happier, balanced person. Mm -hmm. And so are the managers at the company. I mean, they don't really, the four of them don't really report to me anymore. They kind of report to each other. Um, and, um, and it's been, it's been very good for everybody. It's been good down the org chart. I mean, to the supervisors, to the floor workers, everyone is really a, a lot more autonomous now. Um, and it's, it's a nice feeling when I do go in there and see things running on their own without anybody really directing anything. That's powerful because that, that you know, it, it, it's just really, really powerful, but it's a testimony to you that you had the trust and the confidence in them that they were really going to, you know, take care of your baby. And, um, and, you know, you, you've done a phenomenal job in, you know, letting the birds fly from the nest. You know what I mean? Everybody's doing their, their everything's going at all, like full steam ahead. And, and that's just great synergy. Great, great. But that comes from you and kudos to you for, you know, really just having a great spirit, being an effective leader and, and, and a phenomenal leader. Thanks. Yeah, we, we, the focus really turns to making sure when as we expand that we get the right people and the best people to add to this team, um, and and that's been helpful. And we have been, you know, we've been looking for people. There's a lot of industries that are in trouble, and we're trying to recruit top talent from larger corporations who might be giving a small business a look now. Yeah, and it's true too because I think. Um, you know, as part of this, uh, the result of the pandemic, 
I think people are really looking at life balance and looking at really taking a hard look at their careers, whether they've been able to maintain it, you know, maintain employment or not. They're really taking a look, a hard look at these things and, you know, looking, how can I be my best self? What can I do to drive success within my family and within my life? You know, so it's really exciting stuff. That's a great, great story. I know we have to go to break. Eileen's giving us wrap it up. So <laughs> you are listening to Your Career's Goaling. This is Wanda Ellett with Mitch Khan, and he is the founder of uh, Unionware, and we are in the Bronx, all new digital broadcast studio at Ryder University's radio station, 1077 The Bronx, and online at 1077thebronc.com. And this has just been an exciting time hearing the backstory, hearing how they're leveling up this year and uh, being their best, their best selves. And we'll be right back after a short break. This is Your Career is Calling on 1077 The Bronx. Wanda Elliott from G45 Consulting, along with her panel of guests, are here to share their tips and tricks for growing your business and finding, furthering, and navigating your career. Your Career is Calling is underwritten in part by G45 Consulting, Burjohn Mediation, Harwell Express Press, Career Development and Success at Rider University, and Rider University. Apply to Rider now and keep moving forward at rider.edu slash next step. And we're back. And I say it every week, you know, but it's true. This week was super, super fast. And it goes fast, fast, fast. Um, Mitch, I, I, I can't thank you enough. This has been an exciting story and it's just been a wonderful time with you. Do you have any last bits of wisdom? Well, uh, uh, yes, I do. I would say to anyone that um, wants to start a business, I, I give this piece of advice to everybody. It's the first piece of advice and it's jump through the hoop. And what I mean by that is, when you want to find an opportunity that nobody else wants to go after, a lot of times you don't want to go after it because someone's going to make you jump through a lot of hoops to get business. Someone's going to make you do something that nobody else wants to do. And if you just do that thing, there's usually a reward on the other side. You're like a trained seal jumping through a, a flaming hoop to get, to get something. Um, but there is a little treat on the other side there. And that's how you succeed in business. By, by doing difficult things that other people don't want to do and yeah. doing those difficult things over and over and over again until they're no longer difficult and they become second nature or you hire someone to do those things for you and you move on to the next thing. Um, another piece of advice that I give to people starting a business is that you don't have a boss. You don't have someone motivating you and you, it's, you know, it could be very difficult to get the things done that you need to do and prioritize the things that you need to do. And I recommend spending a lot of time building a system for yourself to yep. make sure that you get things done. My favorite happens to be the book, Getting Things Done. Um, and I, I swear by it and I'm constantly tweaking my system so I can be my best self, which means being as productive as possible and making sure I get the most important thing that I have to do in my life done first. Whatever I'm gonna, whatever, um, whatever one thing that I can do to make the rest of my life easier is what I'm gonna focus on. And then I think the third thing is that um, it's really important to surround yourself with people who question you and challenge you, and yeah. not surround yourself with people who say yes to to you because yeah. you're never gonna be 
right most of the time. You're going to have some good ideas every once in a while, but you need you need the support of other people. You need to build consensus. You need peer groups. You need other managers to work with. Even if they're your employees, you need to treat them like their ideas are as important as your ideas. Um, so those are three things that that I live by and that um, the team at Unionware lives by. And uh, if anyone wants to find out more about Unionware, um, you can go to unionware.com and Unionware is W-E-A-R at the end. Um, and uh, you can look us up. We're on LinkedIn and we're on, we're on Facebook and Twitter. And my email is mitch at unionware.com. That's very simple. <laughs> This has really been a delight. This is, I've just really, it's been a treasured time. We, there's just so much gold that, that is in this, in this, in this time and in this interview. Um, thank you so much. This has just really, really been terrific. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. I really, it, it's really been terrific. So um, in closing, to learn how you can gain more information on how to manage your career, take a tour of the on-demand library on 1077thebronc.com where we have over eight years worth of shows on every aspect of job transition and career management. You can listen to us anywhere as you can download the 1077 The Bronx Free iPhone or Android apps from the App Store. You simply search WRRC1. We would love to hear from you during the week. You can check out and like our Facebook pages, Your Career is Calling, G45 Consulting, or Jean Mediation. Uh, you can uh, check out my website, g45consulting.com, where you can learn more about the Secret Mentor Society and the Secret Mentor Society Bootcamp. So if you're having challenges with your job search, it's a 10-day intensive course that has proven to drive results for alumni. There are seats available for the May class. So if you'd like to join me, I really would love to have you. And if you're in need of help uh, managing vendors or with family mediation issues, please reach out to us at Burjan Mediation at 201-884-9431 or check out our website at burjohnmediation.com. You can connect to me on LinkedIn or send me an email at wanda at g45consulting.com. Uh, we would like to thank our producer, Eileen Del Rio, for another phenomenal job, and the Bronx General Manager, John Moses. Special thanks to our underwriters, G45 Consulting, Burjohn Mediation, Harwell Express Press, and Ryder University's Office of Career Development and Success for making this hour possible. We cannot do this hour without their support. And we appreciate you, our listeners. We really know how difficult it is to manage your career, and we thank you for listening in. Now, remember, own your career, keep networking live, and I'm going to be here next week with another outstanding guest, and I hope you have a phenomenal, wonderful, great week. Wow. That was this week's episode of Your Career is Calling with Wanda Ellett. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. to learn the ins and outs of growing your business and finding, furthering, and navigating your career. Discover what makes you stand out and how to become your best self. If you need help during the week, reach out to Wanda at G45 Consulting via email at wanda at g45consulting.com. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Your Career is Calling to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Your Career is Calling is underwritten in part by G45 Consulting, Burjohn Mediation, Harwell Express Press, Career Development and Success at Rider University, and Rider University. Rider offers continuing studies programs for adults who need flexibility. Want to add new skills to your resume? Take a continuing studies course at Rider University.